Good evening, Patriots. And it is the end of Wednesday, April 12th in the year 2023. I'm going to go through Isaiah 60 tonight. I think it's appropriate for what we face. We're dealing with a almost in that sense of people being cursed with the way that they choose to live. And we're seeing so much of this that they're, they've almost become blind to any other way. It's also reflected in Romans 1, 18 to 32, where God therefore gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies. Unfortunately, we've got a lot of children that are wrapped up in that impurity that the adults are trying to take down with them, which is something we really have to remain vigilant on. And I think it is really our goal to step into that and protect them. Patriots, before we begin, one thing is to make sure your immune systems are strong and as strong as they can be. Obviously, that takes on a couple of forms. One is exercise, one is diet, and then there's supplements. We've had a lot of different discussions over the last three years of supplements, and there's a lot of good ones out there. But I'm one who's always believed that if we can get to some sort of a supplement that boosts the body in a whole food sense, in the whole foods that God gave us on this earth, we're getting back closer to what in kingdom intended. Well, we have such a product, and that product is intended to address just that. It's called Field of Greens. And Field of Greens is a whole food supplement for the body. I'm totally sold on this product. It's, um, it comes in a variety of flavors, but it's a, it's intended to provide everything we need in one scoop a day of a powder. This, that is quickly absorbed in the body, you mix it with water, and it's everything you need with a whole food mix. So this is, these are foods that are organically grown, they're freeze-dried and then milled down, so it's a, you're getting the whole food in the scoop. This is an organic American-made product with headquarters in Texas, so you know what's in it, and when you read the label, it's like reading a grocery list rather than a science manual. And they have a guarantee that if you take this and you, at your next checkup with the doctor, if he doesn't say something like, whatever you're doing, do it, keep doing it, they'll refund your money. So if you head on over to fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com, use your promo code BARDS, you're going to save 15%. If you sign up for their monthly subscription, you save an additional 10%. And those are good deals. You can cancel that subscription or suspend it at any time. But it's worth the extra 10% to get it. I love this product. I've been taking it now um, for quite a while. And, and, and like I've always told you, I'll, anything I promote, I'm going to try first to make sure it's what they say it is. I'm, I love it. I think it's a great product. And I'm also like the fact that I know what's going in my body, not having to, like I said, take out a science dictionary to figure it out. So head on over to fieldofgreens.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Get 15% off and then pick up an extra 10% if you sign up for their monthly subscription. So good deal all the way around. You know, here's some news right here. As I just saw this headline, this is worth reading. Um, A coffee shop in downtown Portland. I used to have my office in downtown Portland, so I just need to say this because it 
makes me smile. Um, not for the coffee shop, but the fact that they've had to shut down their location because of violence. Now, there's a shocker. People feel unsafe. So this is going on all over the place. This is uh, Kova Coffee Roasters, and they're downtown. I know where they are, and they're now closed. Hmm. An increase in crime and extreme violence in the area. So it's downtown location down on 1171 Jefferson Street is now closed. Yeah, well, Portland, you get what you deserve. It's sad for the businesses because these businesses, understand Portland, I know, you know, we, we don't, we're not, we don't talk favorably about Portland. I don't talk favorably about Portland these days. Setting aside its lunacy, Portland's a pretty cool city, was, past tense. I had my office downtown near the train station, about two blocks. It was an awesome place to have an office. This goes back until I closed it in 2016, but I had that there from 2012 until 2016. And it's it was awesome. I mean, you the, the ease of getting around, because when I was, like they had the red line that went out to the airport, that's their light rail. So I could just, you know, walk over to the light rail at 5 a.m. or 4.30 and zip out to the airport, catch, catch an early morning flight out to the East Coast. It was great and fantastic coffee shops. Portland is a microbrewery and coffee mecca was, and that's just a culture. If you enjoy it, it was just very much alive. But the theme of Portland, which is now also the theme of Austin, Texas, of keeping it weird has proven to be more true than anything. And keeping it weird has gone to be, it should be like, keep it demonic and satanic because it's gone off the chain. But the city has now just become a general dump downtown. And um, it's just, it's so, it's really sad to see. This is happening all over the United States. And what we need to be recognizing is that this is anywhere evil touches, it's darkness. I helped a friend, and I may have told this story before, but it all relates to this because I helped um, a couple of friends of mine, they were sisters, uh, move their father out and he was in New Orleans. Now, this took us, we'd go over once a month and would clean the house and finally got him to where he was able to get the house up for sale. And then he moved out to Georgia near one of the sisters. But he had been married to somebody that was a believer in whatever they call that garbage in Haitian, in, in New Orleans. It's just, it's like voodoo stuff. And I'd never been around anything like it. And when we got there, and this is this is just unbelievable how this works. Um, he was basically expecting to die. And one of the sisters is a nurse and didn't expect him to live more than a couple of months if they could get him out of there, maybe six at most. His health was miserable. His diabetes was off the chain. A lot of things like that. And so we started cleaning this house. And you just couldn't believe how filthy this house was. But it was always kind of collect. It was like mold on the windows. There was, um, and he had just lost all will to live. And there was just like cobwebs in the corner. But as we dug in, what we found and discovered under all each of these piles of nastiness 
and I won't say every pile, but all over the house were these voodoo things, you know, like these dolls wrapped in stuff and needles in them. It was, and I, and I did a little study on this and this is literally the, this is how it gains power. They, they do this and they put curses on the places and then it collects this darkness around it. So we would clean and pray and clean and pray. And here's the awesome story. I mean, once we got that house cleaned up, he was able to sell it very quickly, moved out to Georgia, has a really nice place now. I saw him last fall. He looked so good. I didn't even recognize him. It looked like he, had, and he is like 80 some years old. He looked, this is a guy that I honestly didn't believe was going to live for another six months. And I saw him last fall and I didn't even recognize him. He looked that good. He'd lost weight. He's looked younger, like, like 10 years younger. I mean, there's some serious darkness in our world. And darkness feeds on more darkness. So, you know, I, my walk in life, I have no question that we are dealing with true demonic forces out here that are heavy on people's hearts and trying to torment and do evil things. Um, one thing I just, I realized, a couple things I'd said I was going to go over. One is an update on Bob uh, 1462, which is was, if you didn't hear last night, um, really sad story. He lost his son last night, which is just tragic. It's He's lost both of his sons now. Um, so we're going to do a prayer for him and, and Shelly here in just a minute. But I just want to mention, so people are asking, his son was apparently in an accident last Friday. And I know if you have all been on today's shows, you've heard it all day from myself and Duncan, which is, but I just think it's important everybody understands what's going on. Um, his son was in an accident last Friday, as I understand it, and a traffic accident, accident, he didn't think it was that serious. Then last night, he was eating pizza with his friends, started coughing up blood, and then went to sleep and never woke up. And this is absolutely tragic. I mean, uh, I cannot imagine, and I, and I have permission to share this, so please, please understand this isn't violating any. I've asked him if I could. I called Bob last night. He was on chat in this show. When he had discovered it, he got the call, and it was just so devastating. We, we stopped our after-hours music. We prayed for him. I know Duncan ran a prayer today. We ran a prayer in the previous show. And then um, I, and we'll do a prayer for him in a minute. I just And I want to focus on that because I think that's really the center point of who we are at the end of the day. And I just tell you, I mean, I, I was, as I told Bob last night, I don't even know what to say to things like this, other than just turn to the Holy Spirit and trust that whatever God leads me to speak out of my lips will be what, what is appropriate. And apparently it was okay. Thank goodness. I mean, I, I, those are just, I can't imagine the, the, the pain that this brings. And it isn't, these are not things that are, I think at times we will we'll turn to God and say why, but I think we also have to acknowledge that things happen in this world that are not of his control. And there is pain in this world. And we need to be reminded at the same time of how valuable the relationships we have and how temporal our time is here. We never know when we're called home. So it's a reminder also of valuing our time and valuing our gifts and talents and to maximize them for the time that we have here. Another person we've been praying for, which we'll give you a quick update, 
is Shelly. Um, this was yesterday's update. Shelly, if to know who Shelly is, if you remember the woman that had kept her salon open in Dallas, um, in the during COVID, the early time of the COVID lockdowns, and she was taken to court, and they tried to arrest her, and she beat all those charges. Well, that's Shelly, and her husband's name is Tim, and she's been through a couple of surgeries. They're concerned of where her state is right now. So um, we have been asked to pray for her if we're called, and yes, we're going to pray for her to help her wake up and get through this. Let me read you the update from yesterday. Today started off hard. This is from her husband. Her numbers were bad, scans showed signs of a stroke, and the doctors were not sounding very positive. For what seemed like the hundredth time, I had to sign all the waivers and disclosures to another surgery. This time, the doctors felt confident they successfully opened one of the blood vessels that had been spasmed shut. They also informed me that to plan on another seven to ten days Uh, like today, trying to balance medications, monitoring, and intervening on strokes and blockages, testing and more testing, and trying to find a way to bring her back out of her sleep. If we make make it that far, after that, everything is unknown. But something special did happen today. After Shelley's neurological exam, everyone left the room, and I spent a few minutes talking to her alone. They had not been able to get a lot of positive response from her, and she only would open her eyes when they used some physical stimulation. They were worried her hearing might be compromised and had left me feeling pretty low. As I was talking to her, I told her the prayer I asked today asked for today was a simple one. I am just praying for you to open to uh, praying for you today. I'm sorry. I'm just praying for you to open your eyes and wake up. Once we do that, we can start our journey. Back one step at a time. So come on, babe, just open your eyes for me. Her eyes opened and I wasn't touching her or stimulating her in any way. Her pupils were unfocused, but she blinked. And I told her how much I loved her and that everything was going to be okay. I leaned down to kiss her forehead. And when I straightened up, they were closed again. I don't know what that means. Five minutes later, they were taking her to another surgery and to try to open a vessels in her brain. She was back asleep, but for a brief moment, I saw my wife again. Later today, a friend I grew up with called to check on me and told me never to let that moment go. Uh, uh, Sorry. This is hard. I won't. He said, I won't. And my prayer continues. Lord, wake her up. All right, Patriots, um, let's take a moment and pray. And bear with me. This is, uh, these are always hard. Oh, Father, we just come to you tonight with, with our prayers. And we declare in this world, with the authorities given to us, miraculous healing for Shelley. 
Father, we know that this is possible, and we believe with all of our heart that she can be restored, that she can wake up, and she can begin that journey home with her husband, not home to you yet. Father, we pray for this and declare this with all that has been given to us with our heart, that her husband, Tim, and Shelly can be reunited here to share their lives and to experience this. She's, she's needed here, Father. She was a mighty warrior and one that led many to having the strength to stand up against an evil tyranny. We ask for this blessing. We ask for this incredible moment of healing. And Jesus, we just ask that you'll sit there and be with them to guide them, to touch them. And through the blood to heal her so completely and so quickly that it will leave the doctors stunned and in the end lead many more to Christ through her the experience and witness of her amazing healing. And Father, we also pray this evening for Bob, who's going through an unmeasurable amount of pain. And just pray for the healing of his heart the strength in his will, and pray that the gifts that he's been given in music can find a way forward here to be able to express his love for his two boys in a way that can make others just awaken to the importance of these moments that we have, the love that we have, and how precious our time is here on earth. Bless us, Father, with this, these requests and guide these two to a miraculous healing. They themselves can be shining beacons of hope and inspiration in the glory of our Savior, Jesus. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, we really hope that those prayers are answered. And I think... Just keep your prayers up for both of them. If you haven't learned anything about me so far, you should know that I wear my heart on my sleeve. Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people's. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Seems appropriate in this hour to remember that we can be that light, that amazing light, that we can bring others to Christ with our heart. We are truly the kings and queens in training. It's something I was, I've been hitting on a lot, and I'm not going to say this isn't uncomfortable for some people. It may be. But you're hearing my heart on how I walk with Father. So as I always say, take these things to prayer either way, but hear me for the passion that I have and the glory that I have for our, our Savior and what was given to us. It's not said in a way to try to make ourselves seem like superheroes. But in a sense, we are. Not because we're in the X-Men movie. Not because we're some sort of mutants. 
Now, because we are the sons and daughters of the Most High, we are the ones that should be ruling this world. But things have slipped and inverted. I was having a conversation with my mother this morning, and she made the comment that about how strange these people were in the elite and how they raised their children with transgenderism and inversion. And this is this guy, I'm just going to relate back to you the discussion we had this morning. And as I was explaining, it's like, first of all, they're all being trained and prepped to be leaders in our world. This is part of their rites of passage of how they believe in their inverted way with their Baphomet worship and their Moloch worship and these sacrifices and blood rituals and pain and suffering. That's their world. And I think because there's so much trial in that world, we look at it and we get a little bit intimidated by it because they are evil. They have no problem in watching us suffer, enjoying our pain and relishing in our pain because they so revile our father. Our world is completely opposite. And we always talk about the inversion in the mirror, but think about this because we don't do, I don't think we do justice for what it reflects on us. They want us to emulate them so that we become lesser in he, our Lord. We should do everything we can to avoid emulating them, including our anger and vengeance, and embrace what our God, what our Father truly is, which is love. And love doesn't mean it's easy because truth is not always easy, but Now look at this lens on things, and I just ask you to hear this. As they are raising their children and their children raise their children in these insane rituals to assume power on this earth, our Father is opening the door for us to choose Him. Their children don't get a choice. We get a choice to choose the path with our Father, and in so doing, He offers us the authorities of all that we need, dominion over all evil. And if we will step into that, that is our birthright to learn about, to be be refined in so that we will become the part of, we're the bride. We, that's what they're seeking. We become the kings and queens, the rulers of the world. We don't look at our life and walk that seriously. And if we did, we would start to appreciate things like the power of the word is life and death. We would truly start to appreciate that what we say, what we do, our actions have tremendous accountability and impact because when we're walking in kingdom, we're walking in the power of the Most High. We have been given the exact birthright, only greater by a factor of unmeasurable, as the Luciferians. The difference is they force it on their children, and in our world, we don't even highlight it. We just go, go to church. That's not enough. We have an opportunity right now to transform this world in a miraculous way, to step into our birthright, to learn about what it is to do greater works than he, to pray into that, to let God guide us in this to learn. So in our prayers, even we can declare and we can declare healing 
and we, I think there's a hesitation sometimes because I, they're like, well, what if God doesn't approve? Then God will let us know. You know, before I do prayers, I always take a moment like I did just now. And I ask Father, you know, what is it that you want in this? What is it that we need to see? And sometimes there's nothing, meaning I just assume that we can step into a realm and we can guide a prayer. There's other times we may get a, a, a pushback. I had a, a pastor share with me the other day that as before he was ready to pray, as he was beginning to pray for a young child that was very sick, Father told him, I'm going to bring that child home. He's not going to stay here. And it was a moment where the pastor had to turn to the family and explain that and say, we're going to pray for your child, but understand that Father's intention is to bring him home. And I want you to know what this means for you. And it was a very different prayer. And he, and he brought great peace to their hearts. We don't always get what we want, but we can always ask and we can always push in for declaration. We have that authority. And so when we look at this Luciferian nonsense, and, I, and I'm just speaking now for my own sake, what frustrates me is how easy this whole war is to win. We have real pain going on here. We have two stories tonight we open with of deep, oh, sorry, deep pain and love. We have a father that has lost his sons who pains in his heart for the loss of two young men he loved. And we have a husband who just longs to have his wife open her eyes so that he can walk with her until her end days, no matter what her state. Those two things define truly who we are. We are love at the core. Endless and relentless love. But we get wrapped up in this garbage of hatred in our world. Look, I've, I talk a hard line, and I, I have a hard line on certain things, and you know that. And that hard line is when you start crossing into things that are just so wrong. Not you, but a person. Like we talk about these groomers and things. I mean, there is just a hard line. And, and trust me, when I say about evil, I have at a point of dealing with evil and pure evil, I have no sense of it, of passion, compassion. It's just my switch goes off and I'm like, how fast can I put that millstone around your neck and kick you out of the boat? Because I don't have a problem with it. I love the interaction that David has with Goliath. And I love it because he's not doing the, well, Father said for me to do that. He's walking in kingdom authority. He is doing what we're talking about here. He's telling Goliath, dude, you crossed a line. You've defamed my God. And now not only am I going to kill you, I'm going to cut off your head. And the part about that story that is so profound to me is he kills Goliath. And then he goes and takes Goliath's sword, which has to be massive. And he, even though Goliath is dead, he still cuts off his head. That type of intensity is dealing with pure evil. 
And we don't negotiate with pure evil. But in between pure evil and where we are, there's this range of influence of, of darkness. At dinner tonight, we talked about these children that have been mutilated and misled along this transgender path. This breaks my heart. These people have lost their innocence. They are marred for life. Their life for many has been shortened because of the drugs they put them on. Some have suffered even mental development issues. They are dealing with physical impairment and physical scarring, and they will never again be who God put them on the earth to be. And that is a heavy burden for them to carry. Every one of them deserves deep prayers, deep compassion, and needs to have declarations of healing put upon them because it is not their fault. Man, if I was, if there was a physical church, I'd be opening my door to every one of those that wanted to come in because they are now seeking to return to who they were and they need guidance. For those that did the surgery, that's a whole different game because they know what they did. And for the parents, they sit on the bubble because parents should have known better. Unfortunately, some are too uninformed or too weak to realize that they were influenced in a wrong direction. So we have a lot to look at in our world that's not as clean as we would like it to be because as we go through this, moments like we begin with tonight are a reminder of the core of what our walk is here, to pray for healing, to console for that which we cannot control, and to seek that authority that God gave us in a true manifestation to see those miracles happen before us, what some would call miracles, which for us should be second nature. Let me continue with Isaiah. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar, and your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant, and your heart will will thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. The multitude of camels will cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephaph, and these and those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bear good news of the praise of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar will be gathered together to you. The rams of Nebuiath will minister to you. They will go up with acceptance on my altar, and I shall glorify my glorious house. Who are those who fly like a cloud and like the doves to the lattices? Surely the coastlands will wait for me, and the ships of the Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, for the name of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. Again, we talked about this last night in John 17, where Jesus said, Father, glorify me and God says right here, for he will glorify you. We can ask God to glorify us, not because of our ego, not because of our, our 
desire to be seen, but for to be glorified so that we can glorify our Father even greater. To ask for that, to be walking in that so that we can become stronger in this world and greater as a representative of Father and the kingdom. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated with no one passing through, I will make you an everlasting pride, a joy from generation to generation. Excuse me, I have to go back. I missed a section. Apologies. Foreigners will build up your walls and their kings will minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you and in my favor I have compassion on you. Your gates will be opened continually. They will not be closed day or night. So the men may bring to you the wealth of the nations with their kings led in procession, and the nation and the kingdom which will serve you will perish, and the nations will utterly will be utterly ruined. The glory of Lebanon will come to you, the juniper, the box tree, and the cypress together to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I shall make the place of my feet glorious. The sons of those who afflicted you will come bowing to you, and all those who despised you bow themselves at the soles of your feet, and they will call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, with no one passing through, I will make you an everlasting pride, a joy from generation to generation. You will also suck the milk of nations and suck the breasts of kings. Then you will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. And I will make peace your administrators and righteousness your overseers. Violence will not be heard again in your land, nor devastation or destruction within your borders, but you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. No longer will you have the sun for light by day, nor the brightness will the moon give you light, but you will have the Lord for everlasting light and your God for your glory. Your sun will no longer set, nor will your moon wane. For you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and the days of your mourning will be over. Then all your people will be righteous. They will possess the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. The smallest one will be become, will become a clan, and the least one a mighty nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Like I said, for me, when I see what's out here, this war is so easy to win if we as a people together would turn our face to him and humble ourselves before Father and understand the mightiness of what he brings. I also believe that much of that can happen with less than a nation because as we're reminded in Gideon, it only took 300 with the right heart to destroy a massive army. But it takes us truly believing in the authorities that we have. A time when it was people would endure impossible pain and suffering 
because they knew there was something greater. It was the, it was the idea of martyrdom. And they were willing to give all for the kingdom, no matter what, because they knew that this life was the life to prepare, and this life was the life that we were to do everything we could to occupy and expand, knowing that this enemy has been here. We've been put behind enemy lines, and that what God offered was truly greatness. In Romans 1, 18 to 32, on the contrary to Isaiah 60, God lays out his response to those that walk away from him. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what, we, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown to them for his invisibles, his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they, ha- they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. We are so much here right now with the two sides of the world, and there's increasingly little room for those to stand in the middle. We either give our heart and everything to God fully, and in so doing, as we step into that place, we're able to declare and proclaim a place that's holy where we stand, just like the captain of the Lord of Hosts army. We're not part of the Luciferian pendulum. As Joshua asked him, are you for us or against us? And he said, no, in some translations, neither, because he stood with Father. And there is no side in this ridiculousness with Father. There isn't a dark delight. There's only the light, pure light of Father. As we hear him speak of in Isaiah 60, when he talks about how your moon will not wane and your sun will not set, but instead the light, the fullness of everything will be the light of of your God. That's a tremendous statement because it's even showing that the cycles that we're going through right now are part of this upside down world. But it continues in Romans 1, 18 to 32. Therefore, God gave them up to their lusts of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and had worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to a dishonorable passions, For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passions for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner and unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, 
boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. These people in our world are trying to do this corruption to children, and they're bringing many adults with them. And in this point of God giving them up to their lust, he, this map is everything we should not be doing. And yet what shows in Isaiah 60 is everything that God asks us to do, to humble ourselves and in the process, he's now bringing the nations to them where they will now honor us. That's where we stand in this split in the road, this journey we're on to choose the way we go, the narrow path or the wide gate. And in so doing, we arrive at a place of choice that there's no middle ground as much as people would like to think there is. There is none. It has nothing to do at the end with a CBDC or it has little to do with digital money or paper money. What it has to do is the place in our heart. I can't tell you that God wouldn't say, Use the CBDC. It's no big deal. I don't know. I haven't gone down that path yet. I know where I stand, but that's my position, and it's wherever God leads us, he leads us. But where's the heart? What's the commitment? And the heart for all of us needs to be amplified in love. But love is not weakness any more than meek is weakness. Meek is the mightiness of a warrior that is so precise, so strong in his art that he chooses to restrain himself from the devastation which he wields with his sword because he knows that there is a better or alternate way rather than having to take a life, he can simply know with confidence that he could. And in love, there isn't weakness any more than it's any sort of physical corporal love, because love is also harsh. It's truth. Love is judgment as God brings to this earth. And as we love and forgive, God opens the doors for greater judgment to bring judgment and justice to this land. Unfortunately, in this framing of murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, etc. There is a framing that we have on justice that justice must be Machiavellian, an eye for an eye. In a world right now when there is so much pain, this is the call for us to be greater. In a world where we feel the suffering of others, and this world has a great deal of it, it's a call to be healers. It's a call to be those that Jesus said we could be, to do all that he did in greater works than he. We have been given those authorities. So tonight, I close with this. Father, we just want our prayers answered tonight. And we declare it, that there's people here that deserve healing because we love them. We truly do. Let's pray. Father God, thank you.
Thank you for all you bring. Thank you for all you have given us. And thank you for all you continue to provide us with both wisdom and the resources. We have put prayers before you, Father, tonight. And tonight we declare life. And we declare healing of hearts. These are two beautiful people that are in pain with a, with the husband of Shelley who sits waiting, wanting to continue to love her, and a father who's mourning over the loss of something precious to him. These moments are tied together because they're part of the body of Christ and they're part of our hearts. So, Father, as you've given us authority in this world, we declare healing in a profound way. To see the miracles of healing touch both of these people, the couple, Shelly and Tim as her husband and Bob, heal the heart and see the gift, heal the body and see the love grow. And in both cases, may the love come out of all of them in a profound way to see these moments in time as a purpose to drive forward and drive harder against this evil to be light, your light in this world for others to see and follow. And Father, for us, in a moment in time with a world in so much chaos, so much pain, so many broken souls, we turn ourselves to you now and we ask that the authorities given to us begin manifest that we can become the healers, the opportunities put before us, that the wisdom needed to do, follow that path is put within us, that you will guide us. And we step into that place as the captain of the Lord of the host army and proclaim where we stand to be holy ground, not part of this crazy world, but instead representatives of you, your children on this earth, to use the glory of love to heal and to restore. Guide us, Father, in this hour. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I think it begins with just a simple yes and acceptance of what we are capable of. If you're so compelled, take it to prayer. I am, because I believe. And I don't know how long it takes. It might take my whole life. But I know that it's a pursuit worth every breath and step. Seeing people healed and set free is something that is, for me, one of the greatest experiences one can witness. And that includes accepting Christ in their life. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. 
expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Close to me, look how they